Hello, and welcome to episode 20 of The Witcher chapter by chapter book review, where I'll go through a summary of what happened in the latest chapter and then give my detailed thoughts on it. Today, I'm discussing chapter 7 from Time of Contempt, and I think you know what that means. That means that we are at the end of Time of Contempt. So next episode, we're going to be on Baptism of Fire. And for a second, just think about this. Think about where our characters were and what the state of the world was like at the beginning of this book and what everything is like now. It's drastically different. So, so much happened in this book. It's honestly kind of wild, but I mean, that's what you want. You don't want a dull book where nothing happens, of course. So I actually wanted to kind of segue into talking about going into the next book. with one little thing that I want to mention. I'm not doing a very good job of that, but stick with me here. So if you are listening to this within the two weeks after the time that this episode is uploaded, then this message is for you. But if you are listening to this two weeks after the upload time and later, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't apply to you. So I'll keep this quick because you don't care about this if that's the situation. But I just wanted to make sure that if you do um, tune in every week, you're aware of what's going on the following week when you don't see another episode uploaded because I upload these every Saturday. So next week, I am not going to be uploading. I'm I'm skipping one week and I figured doing that in between books would probably be the best time to do that. So yeah, that's just going to be the situation for the, or in between this episode and the next episode. So we will start on Baptism of Fire two weeks after this upload. That's pretty much the gist of what I wanted to get across before we talk about the chapter. Uh, So yeah, now that I've talked about that, let's talk about this chapter. But first, I'm just going to recap you on the last episode. So we left off with Ciri stranded in a vapid desert after stepping into the chaotic portal in Torlara on Thaned. For days, she searched for food and water while battling the heat during the day and cold at night. When the extreme thirst is about to get her, a mysterious unicorn she names Little Horse approaches her and shows her to water. The two continue on together, searching for the end of the desert, but on the way, they stumble upon a hideous desert-dwelling monster that gravely injures Little Horse. At a loss for how to help the dying unicorn, Ciri resorts to fire magic, which grants her absolute unchecked power, but also proves itself to be evil. She relinquishes her power and is then left alone with a total sense of indifference, even when a group of men, one of which is definitely a Nilf guardian, finds and takes her. All right. Chapter 7, summary, coming at you right now. The group of men who found Ciri at the end of the last chapter were one of many groups sent to search for Ciri in the greater area after Emir's astrologers Arthesius discovered her general location. The group known as Trappers are led by a Nilfgaardian knight and his squire, who both get killed shortly after Ciri's capture during a fight with a knight from a rival house. The Trappers set out to take Ciri to the local prefect and collect the bounty, but stop at a nearby village along the way. They visit the inn, which is already occupied by a gang known as the Nisirs, whose leader Verkta is already familiar with the Trappers' leader Skomlik. Verkta and his men have recently captured a boy, Kaylee, who is part of a notorious gang of young criminals known as the Rats. Ciri sits by a bound Kaylee while the groups drink and eat. Kaylee convinces Ciri to ask the innkeeper for a knife and cut his bounds so when his group shows up to rescue him, he can get away. Sure enough, the Rats abruptly enter the inn and kill the members of the two gangs. 
As they're leaving the village, Siri heads out with them, but they have to fight their way out as the villagers try killing them. Siri kills her first person in the process, which was very hard on her, but they all make it out alive. After they get to one of their hideouts, each one of the rats, who also has a troubling background, gives her a gift as she has nothing, no one, and no home, and allows her to stay the night. Before they all go to bed, Siri gives herself a new name and is now known to them as Falca. While she's trying to fall asleep, Kaylee approaches and tries to force himself on her until one of the gang's members, Missile, stops him, but then proceeds to force herself on Siri. The chapter cuts to a soldier reporting to the local prefect and Amir's coroner, Stefan Skellen, or Taniel, about how he and his unit were attacked by the rats and that they were now joined by a seventh individual, a fair-haired girl. Well, I feel like there's a lot you could say about the rats, and we're going to talk about that. We'll back it up a little bit to the beginning of the chapter. So, series whole situation... It's kind of hard to say if it's improved or not since the last chapter. It was it was kind of hard to read chapter 6 because of the hell that she was going through. And it's it's not the same kind of shitty in this in this chapter, but it's still shitty. So she was in this terrible situation. She was in a desert which we now know is called Korath, uh, otherwise known as the frying pan. I guess that's like the uh, unofficial name. And for most of this chapter, I mean, it it still wasn't good. So at least here at the beginning, she had access to food and water where she was almost about to die of thirst. But after the Nilfgaardian night, the one that was leading the group of the trappers, after he got killed, she was just in the hands of the trappers and then things got worse. So she had that sense of indifference. Can't think of a much better way to describe it without talking too much about it, but she just, you know, kind of wasn't thinking anything, feeling anything, was just totally whatever. Uh, That started to go away, and she was feeling like herself again. She realizes she definitely cannot do any magic anymore. She tries to run away from the trappers right after that knight got killed, but then they catch up to her, like, right away. And then the guy, Skomlik, who's the leader of the trappers, whips her, and he's kicking her. He's doing that multiple times. And then she also had to sleep at night with her hands fastened to their wrists so that she couldn't run away while they were sleeping. And they wouldn't even let her use the bathroom privately. So it was just not a good situation for her. I mean, it was a different kind of situation from the last chapter, but still, it wasn't, it still was awful like the last one was. So at the end, the Nisirs, the other group, the other gang, were starting to make plans to force themselves on her. So another thing that made it even worse. But this is when the rats broke in and that is what prevented that from being able to happen, which is great. So let's talk about the rats now because it seems like we haven't seen the last of them uh, in this chapter because from what we find out at the end of the chapter, Siri has actually become a member of this little gang. And I think that this is probably not a good thing. I guess we'll have to wait and see once we get to Baptism of Fire, but I can't imagine that Siri being part of a criminal gang that where each one of them has a bounty or like a whole group of them has a bounty on them. And one of them tried to force himself on her. And then another one also tried and succeeded. I can't see that being a, a good situation. But on the other hand, it's good that she isn't alone because we now know she's in Nilfgaard and she's 
that means that she's very far away from anyone she knows and where there are officials that are actively searching for her. So it is good that she has companions right now. It's just, I'm hoping for the sake of Siri being safe, I'm hoping that it's going to be a temporary situation because Geralt, as we know from chapter five, he's on his way to come and rescue her. He does think that she is in Amir's hands because they've got that imposter Siri that they're trying to pass off as the real Siri. But it is possible that by the time he makes his way into Nilfgaard, because he is coming from what I imagine, I mean, they don't give us a map. I know that if you look on the internet, there are people that have made up maps, but still, we don't, we're not told in the book exactly like how, just how far Broccolon Forest is from Nilfgaard, but we do know, we have a general idea that it's, it's not going to be close. I think there've been a few mentions here and there on like distance. It's going to take him a long time. They don't have cars. They don't have planes. It's going to take him a long ass time to get there. So I'm hoping that maybe by the time he gets there, the rumors of Siri being part of this gang will have circulated, but I don't know if they're going to know that it's Siri because she's calling herself Falca. Hopefully things work out the way we want them to, but I, I've been saying a lot in many of the episodes that we've covered in um, Time of Contempt. It's like, hopefully this gets better. Hopefully this happens and then that doesn't happen and things just go from bad to worse. I don't have high hopes, but that's what we want to happen <laughs> for the sake of our main characters, that they can become reunited. It just... It's, uh, it's, it's a long shot, and I don't think that that's going to happen anytime soon. So I think in Baptism of Fire, it's safe to assume that there's going to be a lot of, of content covered that doesn't see Geralt and Siri reunited. But yeah, we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> so this gang, the rats, they have survived longer than most of the other criminal gangs in this greater area because in most gangs, the peasants kill them because the peasants really hate these gangs or they end up just killing each other. But the thing is with the rats, they aren't greedy enough with their spoils so that they're going to kill each other over them. And they also do a lot of the killing and the robbing just for the sake of entertainment. And then they hand over their loot in these villages that you know would otherwise try to kill them. And then the villagers repay them by not revealing their location to the Nilfgaardian officials when they're being questioned. Even when they're being tortured or threatened, they still don't reveal the or any of the information, I guess, that they have on the rats. So to cover what we know about them so far, because that's important, like I said, I don't think that this is the only time we're going to hear about them. It would be very odd if they don't come up again. And uh, I mean, I don't want to say chapter one of Baptism of Fire, but and whatever the first chapter is where we come back to Siri and Baptism of Fire. Uh, but So there are six members, I guess now seven, including Siri or Falca, if you want to call her that. But the six members uh, before she joined were, uh, I think you're, you're supposed to say his name, Giseller. And he's basically like the leader. And then there's Iskra. And I think that the two of them are actually romantically together. And she's an elf. And then there's this guy, Reef, this guy, Asa, I think that's how you're supposed to pronounce his name, and I'm just going to say that either way because it sounds it sounds nicer than how I was initially going to pronounce it before I listened to uh, the audiobook version. Um, so Asa, and then Kaylee, who was the first one that we met, and then Missile. 
So all of them were what they described as children of the time of contempt. So all of them were severely impacted by war. And they lived in these different provinces of Nilfgaard. And a lot of the provinces were either rebelling against Nilfgaard because they didn't want to be part of that country. They didn't want to be part of the empire, I guess. So I think that they were either like on the side of Nilfgaard or on the side of you know rebelling against Nilfgaard. But either way, they were just all kids. And then they were severely affected by the war or these separate wars. And I've talked about this before. I mean, and I think that if you read fantasy, the fantasy genre, you know, because there's usually war in the fantasy genre, but it's just the peasants, the the citizens are the people that are always the most affected. They're not the ones that make the, the decision to get into war, but they are the ones that get the worst of it. So these kids, we get to see real life examples of how that happened and kind of what led them to the path of becoming these very young criminals. So we learn about how Kaylee and Reef uh, were the, uh, I don't know if they met before the other ones did, but we know that they met each other before they met the rest of the group. Uh, Reef was part of a group of soldiers sent by Emperor Amir to capture and plunder a stronghold in Ebbing, where Kaylee was at the time. And his parents were there, his siblings were there, they all got killed during this punitive expedition. And the rest of Reef's unit abandoned him there. So he and Kaylee, who were both now alone, met that way. And then they stayed together and they were killing and robbing. So then uh, Giseller and Iskra, they they met because Giseller was an army deserter. And then he joined a gang of other deserters and fugitives. So his gang was once attacked by forest elves. And it made it sound like they were Scoia'tael, but I don't think that they were in the area where there would be Scoia'tael. Like you think forest elves, and then they said um, something about the gray fletchings on the arrows, which is like a Scoia'tael thing. But it never it never uses the word Scoia'tael, so I'm not 100% sure on that. But it's a possibility that uh, this was Scoia'tael attacking them. So yeah, his gang was attacked by forest elves when he got shot in the shoulder by an arrow. And one of the elves helped care for his wound, but that elf was then banished. So um, Giseller and the elf stuck together and he called her Iskra because her name, her elven name was too difficult for him to say. Also too difficult for me to say. I didn't even bother writing it down so I could try because I'm sure I would just butcher it. So that's how those two met. And then Missile and Asa also met each other because Missile was part of a noble family who fled their home when a punitive expedition was heading their way. So she lost her family in the chaos, and then she was captured by these manhunters. And then the manhunters were attacked and defeated by a group of Nilfgaardian marauders, and she was then captured by the marauders. So later, she was actually the only prisoner to survive, and she was pulled from a ditch by Asa, who had actually been hunting the marauders so that he could get revenge on them for killing his family while he had to watch that happen. He was hidden like a hemp field or something. And yeah, so they went through hell and then they found each other like while they were still kind of going through that hell. So they all came together. All six of them came together at Lamas, which is the festival of the harvest. So they found each other there pretty quickly because of they all because they all had this 
overconfidence and truculence and they were all also wearing these like gaudy colorful clothes which is something to know about the rats is that they love wearing those types of clothes and they're usually decked out in like very fancy jewelry and ornaments and they like to ride beautiful horses and they use really nice efficient weapons and i mean they have access to all this stuff because they rob a lot (laughs) so I mean, you could say what you want about the rats, but you do have to have a little bit of sympathy for them considering they all had these extremely rough backgrounds and they were just kids dealing with it. I don't know exactly how old the oldest of them are, but I still don't think that even if you're, you know, like a full grown adult, anybody that goes through that sort of thing is probably not going to come out the other end mentally and emotionally stable and be capable of making the best decisions and you got to also consider that they live in a time where there's no technology there's no modern medicine there's no therapy so they're kind of screwed i mean you can't i don't want to make excuses for people that do shitty things but and we also don't really know too much about like the people that they target but still i mean you got to at least have a little bit of understanding about how they got there if they had these normal upbringings and didn't go through all that stuff and then still turned out this way, then you you really couldn't show them any sympathy. But there is something to be said about, like, you know, how they turned out. And it wasn't really their fault that they went through all those things. It's always these people that have that don't have to suffer through the situation that are the ones that make that make these other people go through it. Anyway, I'm kind of rambling here, but you get what I'm saying. We'll have to learn a little bit more about them before we can judge them too harshly, but there, I'm sure there's still plenty that we don't know, and I expect that in Baptism of Fire, we're going to get to know more. Okay, I am looking at the amount of time I've been recording, and it's funny because last episode, I started out by saying, yeah, this is going to be a short episode. I don't really have too much to cover or talk about. I was expecting it going into it, but with this episode, I did not think it was going to be, I didn't think it was going to be long, but I didn't think it was going to be this short. And I'm actually like, I'm coming into my closing thoughts here and I don't really have a lot of closing thoughts. So I'm just surprised that this ended up being a lot shorter than it is. But I mean, I covered all the important things in the chapter. It's just, I guess, Siri spends a lot of time with those guys, the trappers in this chapter. And they're all dead by the end of the chapter. So there's not really too much that we can talk about when it comes to them. Like they're, they're not gonna be in any future chapters. So I mean, what can we really say? And then the rats, we just met them. I think it was closer to the end of the chapter. It might've been like maybe around the middle, but basically we didn't really get to know that much. And I covered all the important pieces that we really learn on them. So. I don't really know what else I could say about this chapter. So I'm sorry if this is um, a lot quicker than you would prefer it to be, but uh, I'm sure that when we get to Baptism of Fire, there's going to be a lot to discuss. Well, I'll just say, I know there's going to be a lot to discuss. Because as you probably know by now, I mean, I've read these whole books. I talk about them like I don't know what's going to happen in the future, just so I can keep it spoiler free for you if you do not want the spoilers or if you haven't read it before. All right, my closing thoughts. So this book has come to an end while still not knowing what happened to Yennefer all the way back in chapter four. We haven't seen or heard from Yennefer since chapter four. I hope she's not dead. I really hope not. I think that would kind of be a long shot if she were because it's just such an unceremonious death for such an important character. But 
chapter four all the way to chapter seven to the end. No updates there. It's pretty crazy. So Siri, she's now a member of this criminal gang. I think she's probably still not very safe, but I mean, has she ever been? Uh, Siri has not had a real sense of safety in a long time, like throughout her life, not just covering the books, just throughout the years of her childhood. It's very, very unfortunate. And uh, yeah, I'm hoping that maybe early in Baptism of Fire, we'll get some more updates on the state of the war because we last got our updates in chapter five from Dandelion telling them to Geralt, but there really couldn't be that many updates. I I think at this point, maybe it's just not a whole lot else has happened, but there could be more things that went down since we got those updates from Dandelion. And I would like to know if there are more things happening because uh, I think I mentioned this back when we covered chapter five, there's no way that Amir is just gonna stop with his um, destruction and conquering of Adern and everything that he did with Lyria. I think that he's going to want to keep going. And I think Redania is probably the perfect place for him to do that right now because it's in such disarray. So yeah, we're just going to have to wait and see in the next book, which just to remind you what I said at the beginning of the episode, uh, it's going to be two weeks after this one. And yeah, that doesn't apply to you. If you are listening to this two weeks after the time that this was uploaded, you can just go right into the next episode (laughs) if you wanted to. All right, well, again, I apologize that this is kind of short, but I do appreciate you listening. So that's all I got for you. Just to let you know, in case you didn't, these episodes are available on YouTube with video, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts with just the audio. Thank you so much for joining, and I'll catch you all in the next episode.